0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Roller podcast, season three. Yes, three seasons of this podcast for the winter monks. So today, we do have a very special guest. He's been on before. But I want him back again. None over and Simon Eager. How are, you, uh, Simon? Adam, how are you, going? So since last time you've been on, just give us an update of what's been going on for you.
1: Okay, Adam. First of all, thanks for inviting me on again. I, I appreciate that. Um, I've been pretty busy uh, since we last spoke. Um, the coaching world has a lot of uh, a lot of interest for me and a lot of different things I'm doing within that space. Um, since we spoke, I've um, I've gained a few clients. I've been talking to international clients from where I am in Australia and providing coaching packages. Um, I've gone down a journey of looking at speaking gigs. I've actually got a speaking gig on Wednesday this week as a keynote speaker. That's at a, a mental health day, a mental health awareness day. Um, something I'm pretty passionate about is um, what I term as mental fitness. Um, certainly from my policing days, I've seen a lot of things, uh, stress-related, you know, PTSD, that type of thing in colleagues and myself. And I believe that with the right exposure to these issues, that people don't need to suffer perhaps as badly as they are. You know, if They've got connection, and they've got options, then their level of mental well-being can be better than perhaps it might have been. So there's a lot going on, Um, a lot of opportunities out there, a lot of uh, training I've been doing. I've been doing since I last spoke to you. Um, I'm looking at areas. uh, Neurolinguistic programming has been one, Uh, a a very much a heavyweight tool in the coach's toolbox, as I I know you're well aware of. Um, Looking at at hypnotherapy as well as as a modality. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot happening. It's an exciting space to be in, Adam. And um, I definitely see coaching as as being big and getting bigger as we move forward
0: yeah it is getting bigger it's one of them where everyone needs a coach but some people are more skeptical about coaching
1: yeah it's an interesting interesting statement isn't it i've heard that a few times um i can relate a little story about that um a former colleague of mine he used to say to me in meetings, he'd say, and this only a couple of years ago, he'd say things like, who would pay for life coaching? You know, who, who would pay for life coaching? We could just go on Google and, and look up whatever it is you're talking about. And I kind of thought about it for a while and I thought, has he got a point or not? And I think, well, no, I, I don't think he has. I mean, yes, you can go on Dr. Google, uh-huh. look up all sorts of things that you want to look up. But where's the accountability? Where's the, where's the investment by a coach in, in a person's um, progress and whether they actually achieve their goals or not? That's where the coach really comes in, in my view, is to shine a light on that person's situation, to show them the pathways they've got ahead of them, um, get them to empower themselves and provide that accountability as well. So I think coaching has got a lot of value to it and I think it's, um, it occurs on so many different levels. Um, but I think just to shut your eyes to it and say, well, I can get everything online, I think is, is a bit naive, in my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, Dr. Google can't stand that yeah. because not everything on Google is accurate or correct. There's a lot of false information out there. Yeah. So like, obviously, when you're Ill, you you go to a doctor, and you won't go, oh, let's go Dr. Google. He'll tell me what's up with me. Yeah. So, plus, with a coach... You grow together. Because you can see the progress that you're making. And you'll always be accountable. Because you'll always have someone there to kick your ass, And you'll have someone there to congratulate on your your wins or your losses, whichever one it is. Yeah. So with the NLP... Have you completed that or are you doing it? What's, what's going on with that? Yeah, I've, I've
1: completed the course, Adam. It's, it's, um, it was six months of, of intensive study and I've now completed that. Yeah. I, know, I love NLP. It was very interesting. It's actually an area of coaching that I didn't realise the, the actual power and potential of it until I really got into the detail. NLP actually is something which as recently as a couple of years ago, I had a real block against it. Um, I had someone use it against me in a situation where I felt it was against me anyway, and I detected what was going on. And it um it really upstaged me, made me feel a bit insulted at the time. So I had a a fairly um a false, a false view of what NLP really was until I actually understood it. And the penny dropping moment, or the red pill moment, if you like, when you actually get into it and realize that NLP is the way our minds work, it's happening around us all the time anyway. So I thought, might as well get with the programme and learn what's going on here, because it's happening regardless. And it's a decision I'm glad I made. And um, the, the, training, the, open, the training opened up by saying the statement was made that this is a red or a blue pill moment when you come into this. You can take the red pill, open the lid on this stuff, but you will never go back to life as it was previously and I found it to be really true and the way the way I speak to people or engage in conversations now or if I'm with a group of people you can't help but look at the what's going on behind the communication you can't help looking at things like micro expressions and looking at people's non-verbal communications and stuff like that because it's all so powerful Um, and if you ignore it I just think you're you're blinding yourself to a lot of the communication opportunities that are going on that's it
0: I mean we've With NLP, it's like with anything. It's a great tool if you know how to use it. But you got to use it the right way because there's quite a few people out there who use it in the wrong way to manipulate and use it in a a bad way to control people. NLP is not about control. It's used in coaching as a tool to help the client basically grow into a better person themselves.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that statement. I think I think it's very valid. Um, certainly, one of my takeaways from NLP is that you can have a good set of coaching questions that you can apply to a situation. But if somebody is 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 dealing with uh, a state of mind that they're in for long periods and they find unhelpful, what NLP actually does it provides a technique or a choice of techniques that the coach can use to actually help that person to change their state of mind or change their mindset or, or change their outlook on a certain situation. When you're talking about things like timeline um, therapies and, and, and stuff like that, th- that is so powerful because you're really just going into the memory someone has of an event. And let's be honest about it. Once an event's in the past, all it is is a memory. All we have is a memory of that event. And the perceptions around that memory, if we go back into it, can be changed to alter the, the outcomes moving forward. So it's a very powerful tool. And as you point out, Adam, it's, it's probably is used in some quarters for manipulation. I mean, we've all seen advertising um, and such like where people think they're being manipulated. Undoubtedly it's being used there. but in the correct hands, as you say, and um, from a coaching point of view, a very powerful tool to affect change for a client. Yeah.
0: I I love NLP. It's probably one of the the best tools you can have as a coach. I mean, with like you said, with, with mental health, that's one of my missions in life, especially to reduce the suicide rate in men. Oh, yeah. The statistics are are way too high. I think the last time I read it, it was like, I think it was like, out of all the, from the ages of 25 to 40, is like the highest category for suicides. And I think the latest statistic I, I read was one in three men
1: will kill themselves Every day, yeah, that's a scary statistic, isn't it? It's, it's extremely frightening. Um so we I could certainly relate to, I mean, here in Australia, where I am on the Sunshine Coast, just north of Brisbane, the area's got quite a, a large percentage of of veterans from the from the armed forces. Um, there's also a, a very high suicide rate on the coast itself which is really, it makes you wonder, because it's environmentally such a beautiful place to live, and you wonder why it it has this issue going on. But um, when you're dealing with things like social isolation, you know, disconnection, you know, community-type issues, and then mix in veteran-type stuff and PTSD, then you've got this, you can have people that get into a hopeless situation where they feel there's no options. And I think it's a terrible indictment of our times that, that suicide, particularly in men, is that, is that high. I mean,
0: my aim is to reduce suicide in everyone, not just men, but women as well. Yeah. But my main priority is men because that's the highest category. Yeah. Because it's, it's always that statistic like, uh, that the two words I hate the most anyone can say to anyone is man up I mean what is man up this this is why men resort to suicide because they feel like they can't talk to anyone and if they do open up they get called every name under the sun and they're always getting put down
1: yeah it's um it's interesting because again I can relate to my police career um being a bobby in England in, in the early 90s, there's very much a canteen culture in, in the force at that time that, that either handle the job or get out. You know, if, if you showed signs of weakness or, or, you know, you showed stress and emotion as a result of going to certain situations, you're basically told to man up, as you just said, you know, get on with it, you know, toughen up, swallow a bag of cement, all that sort of stuff. If you can't handle it, get out, that sort of thing. I mean, there was there was help available in inverted commas, but it was made quite clear to us back in those days that if you you went to the fourth medical officer for the mental health issues, um, you probably would be doing yourself a disservice in terms of promotion prospects and and stuff like that, which is fairly, you know, it's pretty bad to be talking about it like that, but that's what the culture was like. I know guys that were in, in the military in those days, in the 80s and 90s, very much the same. It was all that... Tough, macho, traditional image of those of those roles, and don't get me wrong. There's a time when you've got to be like that, particularly if you're in the military or the police. You, you've got to be tough sometimes, but it doesn't mean to say that you just you approach life as, as as a macho sort of action hero, meathead with no actual thought behind what you're doing. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. You need to be intelligent as well as you know being firm when you need to be.
0: So tell me more about the speaking you're doing on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, the, the gig on Wednesday, it, it's um, organised through Rotary on the Sunshine Coast. And what it's all about is called Don't Bottle It Up. It's about mental health, or we're terming it as mental fitness. So I believe that mental health has a, even the words have a bit of a, a stigma attached to them. And I think if you call it mental fitness... It's really what we're talking about here is, is, is getting people back in that good space. So what it's about, it's a it's a group of speakers have been brought together, um, including myself and there's a professor from the University of Sunshine Coast, and there's various other speakers in there um, who are going to be talking about different aspects of, of mental fitness. Some of it from a scientific point of view, some of it from the psychological point of view, and others a it from experience in terms of community values. And what can go wrong when things like isolation occurs or uh, poor treatment of groups of the community by government, police or whatever. So there's a bit of a spectrum of what's happening in the mental health world. And there's an emphasis on on the Sunshine Coast with the veteran um, situation I was telling you about earlier with high suicide rates. We're trying to address that. We're trying to sort of shine a light on why the suicide rates so high why do so many people present with PTSD? You know, why is this becoming so prevalent in a society which, in many respects, has it all? We've got all the information. Uh, many people are quite affluent, live in beautiful areas. Well, why are people suffering like this? And that's really what the day is about. It's about bringing that to the forefront and getting some, some like-minded professionals in the room to discuss different aspects of it. So has
0: God. Well, good luck with that one as well.
1: Yeah, thanks. It should be an interesting day. And um, it's any opportunity, I think, like yourself, like your, your your mission, you've said, any opportunity I get to sort of talk about this stuff in public and share my own story, if someone else benefits from that, if just one person somewhere gets value from it and benefits from it, then they'll achieve my mission.
0: I said it's, it's all about getting the awareness out there it's not just the people who suffer from the mental fitness or mental health problems. But It's also about the people who don't know what it actually is. It's about educating them to spot the signs who then can get yeah. them help.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And certainly, just relating my own journey to it with PTSD, um, I was only diagnosed with it. 18 months ago, and I've been through a 30-year law enforcement career um, thinking I would never get PTSD, thinking it would never affect me. I mean, I I enjoyed all my service. I enjoyed my days in the police, by and large. I enjoyed my days in Australia as an RSPCA inspector and local government, all that type of stuff, dealing with conflict situations, dealing with stressful situations, and I thought I had a pretty good system for dealing with it, which served me well for quite a long time but you, you, no one's invulnerable that's what I'm getting at here yeah people can have this creep up on them without realising it and then an event happens one day that triggers a meltdown and you're in all sorts of problems yeah
0: and again that's where a good coach will
1: come in I think um, I think a coach definitely has a role to play I, I think there's there's within the that arena of help obviously the psychologists and counsellors um, there's a lot of help you know, sort of medical help available that is, is part of the equation. But I think when the person maybe is on the, on the recovery side of a situation, that's when a coach probably has more relevance, when they're looking forward to the future. Uh, very much with the, the psychology and counselling, I, I view it as they're looking at the problem in the past that's led up to it. The coach is looking at the future. The coach is looking at, okay, how do we empower this person to, to make use of what they've got? the resources that they've got and, and move forward with it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that one. So what else has happened since we last spoke in the season two podcast?
1: Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot obviously going on in the in the studying area. So in my coaching business, the NLP has been happening. Uh, I've done a lot of work on the business itself, sort of website development, that sort of stuff. Um, so it's, it's a gradual building and building and building of resources. Um, I'm looking at every opportunity I can get to put my message out there to talk to people um, and, and develop my, my skill set, really, because I believe that I've got this very fond saying at the moment that you either evolve or dissolve the personal development thing. You've you, you constantly got to be up-leveling your game, moving up to the next level, gaining more knowledge, talking to more people, taking action, all that sort of stuff. And that's really what my the last 12 months or so have been my focus on, is just amassing all the tools in my coaching toolbox, you know, building my marketing strategies and, and getting myself out there. I'm in this for the long haul, Adam. As You know that. And I know you are too. I'm not going anywhere in a hurry, so I just need to keep going with this until I can you know, get the message across and, and help as many as I can, basically. I'll well, so, I mean, every day's a learning day.
0: You never stop learning. Absolutely. Absolutely it is, yeah. Because
1: the day you stop learning is the day you say you're the best. Yeah, and I've, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I've heard that a lot of times lately. I've heard that, and I've also heard it said that the day you stop learning is the day you die. Because your brain's not open to new concepts anymore. You know, your brain's either growing or shrinking. There's no, there's no sitting on the fence. That's the way I see it, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I
0: don't know if you can see that behind me, but that's my motto from Rocky Balboa.
1: Yeah. Ain't yeah, a, bit it's a of, classic.
0: It ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Yeah. That's the message I like to bring across. Yeah, a-
1: it's a classic, isn't it? I, mean, there's, I remember there's also there's a Mike Tyson one too, which is fairly famous. I, think, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it's something like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. It's a typical blunt (laughs) Tyson-type statement, you know, but it's true, isn't it? Everyone has a plan to get a major setback. Then the real test is, do you get up again and keep going?
0: Yeah, that's the difference between quitting and failing and then failing and success, because everyone will have failure. Yeah. You can't have success without failure. I say this every time. There is no success without failure.
1: Yeah. No, I quite agree. I quite agree. And it's, everyone's journey is, is a, a whole string of failures, really, isn't it? The person that's successful, I think, is the person that fails one more time than the next person and gets up again. You know?
0: That's it, because just because you failed at something do not mean you're a failure. It's, no. it's a learning curve. You, you take what you've learned from that and then you make it better the next time. Yeah. It's like we have a saying in EI, which is emotional intelligence. Take what serves you, bin the rest.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a a good one too. And I can relate that again to my journey. Other people say to me in the past, similar, you know, I've had a police sergeant say to me in the early days one day, he said, look, Simon, he said, look at everyone else on the shift that you're working with now, look at all your new colleagues, And take something out of them that you like about the way they operate, the way they conduct themselves, the way they speak to people. Take something from each person, and then form your own style of doing the job. There's a similar saying to your Ei one. You know, it's taking something, taking the elements of what you like, and then running with it. You know, because Ei, EI, if you you ever do it, it's, it's probably one of the best courses you'll ever do. Yeah, I think it's it's um it's very interesting, isn't it? There's a lot of there's a lot of um awareness around that, what there should be. There's certainly in my work environments in the past, emotional intelligence is is critical. You know, if you're not emotionally aware of what's going on around you, very difficult to work in a team environment if, if you if you're not if you haven't got your head around that sort of stuff.
0: I mean, for any listening viewers watching this, if you ever want to do emotional intelligence, I can 100% guarantee the best emotional intelligence coach you can work with is Lindsay Cap. so if you ever want to check her out it's Lindsaycapcoaching.com check her out get signed up with the EI and I can promise you will not regret it it'll be the best course and decision you'll ever do because not only does it work on yourself but it works on yourself how to develop Better version of you to help your client. So, you're saying you develop your website? What's what's your website?
1: Okay, if you go to um, www.simoneager.com, all lowercase, uh, I can send you the link after the, the session. That's my, my site at the moment. So, that's got lots of, lots of stuff on there quite interactive it's got lots of different aspects or, or areas of operation that, that my coaching is moving in. So check it out, have a look and uh, let me know what you think.
0: And again, all these handles that Simon's saying will be linked in the description down
1: below. So go and check his website out. you got a Facebook group, right? Yep. I've got my Facebook profile and I've got Simon Eager Coaching on Facebook, uh, which is my specific coaching group. So I'd love to go and check that out um it's it's very active I put content in there most days uh it's, it's a good sounding board for coaching stuff, Live videos um other videos you know loaded with material so yeah it's a good place to go and have a look
0: so again check Simon out Tell you, he's a great guy I mean we should actually meet up in person at some point
1: yeah, I think that's on the cards, Adam. Um, I've, I'm thinking about um, a UK trip at some point in the near future. And uh, I would I would love to catch up with you guys and uh, sit and talk coaching for a bit and talk about life. I think it'll be a great opportunity and I really look forward to it. I think you should all work with Simon. He's a great coach. Great guy. Down to earth. He won't give you no BS. <laughs> no i appreciate that adam it's it's that's very much my philosophy um call a spade a spade talk straight um straight talking and yeah truthful i'm a truth seeker always have been and i'm in this business to give the best value i can and help people and just empower them to to move forward
0: so is there anything else you want to
1: add just I'll, i'll just add this um for any of your your listeners out there, if you're struggling with anything, if you're struggling with mindset issues, just know that there is help out there. Consider getting yourself a professional coach. It might be the best thing you've ever done. But the takeaway I've, I've got for you really is that whatever is going on for you in your life at the moment, the biggest thing that's going to get you moving towards light and positivity is just having a belief mindset. If you can just instill some belief into you, Whatever it is that you're facing, just a little bit each day, so you take a small step, then that's what's going to eventually haul you out of whatever situation you're in and get you into a better situation. So, self belief, I think, is key.
0: Well, guys, let's all give Simon some love. Check out his website, check out his Facebook group, show him the love, support, check him out, get coaching with him. Simon, thank you for coming on again.
1: Thank you, Adam. Pleasure to talk to you.
0: We'll have to get you on again next time. Three times, eh? Maybe four, five, six, who knows? (laughs) So we're everyone out there, don't forget to build up that courage, draw on the confidence, and get back your raw. I've been Adam from The Raw Makers, talking to Simon Eager. For now, good night, God bless. Share the love.